Alrighty, folks. It is Thanksgiving. And uh, I think that we have a lot to be thankful for. So uh, there's been some major news, some huge news, some uh, not unprecedented news, just a lot of big news in the world of rulemaking uh, and not just with CMMC. So we're going to we're going to gobble all of that up today. I'm just gonna we're just gonna peck at it bit by bit, Jacob, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. see, so, see where uh, we get here. So we're gonna run through we're gonna run through a bunch of information about what's going on with CMMC rulemaking. We haven't updated that in a little bit, uh, and we're gonna talk about an update regarding DFAR seventy twelve rulemaking. DoD is gonna revise DFAR seventy twelve, and it's so fitting because this month, November of twenty twenty three, is officially ten years since the rule that created DFAR 7012 for the first time came out in November of 2013. So looking back and thankful for 10 years of DFAR 7012, and uh, we're revisiting it with, uh, with more rulemaking. So, so let's, jump, let's jump right into it and help everybody come out of their, uh, their tryptophan-induced haze on Turkey Day here. Okay, so the big update for... CMMC rulemaking happened uh, last week by the time people are probably listening to this, possibly uh, two weeks ago by the time you're hearing this. Uh, and so the regulatory review of the CMMC rule is almost complete. And so for people that need to get caught up, uh, you know, all rules, which are otherwise known as regulations to the muggle world, uh, have to go to OIRA for what's known as regulatory review. That is the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs as part of the Office of Management and Budget. So all executive branch agencies that go through the process of creating regulations have to send those regulations or rules to OMB, specifically to OIRA for regulatory review. It's how the red tape works. It's how the sausage is made. It's how the heart of the bureaucracy beats every day. Uh, and so from the time that DOD announced CMMC 2.0 in 2021, uh, to July of 2023, we were waiting for DOD to submit the rule for OIRA's review. That was the big signal that the rulemaking process was then starting to turn a corner because everything before submission means the DOD is still changing things. They're still doing internal reviews. They're still, you know, uh, they're not just dotting I's and crossing T's. They're actually making edits. They're making changes. They're deliberating. They're doing a bunch of stuff. But once they submit it to OIRA, that was the signal that if there were not more red tape to go through, that would be the version of CMMC that DOD would apply to the DIB, which is, uh, you know, a huge, a huge signal. So that happened on July 24th. And, um, you know, based off of our analysis of how long it takes for OIRA to, to review these rules, uh, it should have taken about 66 business days to go through the review process and then go to the Federal Register for publication. Uh, but as we know, at the end of October, which is the, 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 the date that we estimated that we would start to see the rule, OIRA requested an extension of their review of the CMMC program, which then is a one-time 30-day extension, takes us into mid to late November, which brings us to the present day. And very recently, we saw an update on the OMB dashboard that sort of tracks the review process of different rules across all agencies. 
And all eight of the CMMC documents that are, make up part of the rule uh, have cleared OIRA's review process. So this is the CMMC scoping guides for levels one through three, the CMMC assessment guides for level one, levels one through three, the CMMC hashing guide, and the CMMC model overview. So all of the CMMC documentation is part of the rule. That's part of the reason why the rule is rumored to be so long is because if you stacked up all of the documentation and all of the normal stuff that has to go into a rule, you end up with something that's like 150, 200 pages long, right? Uh, so uh, let's see. So yeah, so as of November 16th is the date that we have. As of November 16th, OIRA completed their review on all eight of those documents. Uh, the only thing that we're waiting on now is for OIRA to complete their review of the ninth and final piece of the rule, which is just all of the administrative checks, all the analyses, all the estimates, all that stuff that happens to be printed at the front of the rule. Uh, and so that should happen literally any day, may happen you know, before Thanksgiving, may happen the week after Thanksgiving, that, that comment extension and the potential for a government shutdown that was narrowly avoided really kind of threw a wrench in the gears. Um, but that should happen here, uh, you know, the third third week of November, probably at the latest. Uh, and so we would expect that the program rule documents, the ninth and miss, you know, the sort of missing document here, uh, is definitely going to get the thumbs up before the end of uh, November of 2023. So, I mean, they're they're done with their review, essentially. They're probably just getting signatures and whatever the other steps on the checkout process are. Well, that was going to be one of my questions is, is that you said that all eight of these, and this is great news, all uh, eight of the nine documents have been processed through or completed their review. Is it a, a process where it is consecutively happening or concurrently happening? Oh, yeah. So this happened. This was very, very strange, right? So um, so there's this, we, when we talk about the CMMC rule, right, we were talking about one thing and the CMMC documentation, the scoping guides, the assessment guides, the overview, the hashing guide are part of that rule. Now, uh, famously, like a week after DOD submitted the rule to OIRA, those documents uh, were found online. Uh, now, there's all sorts of conspiracies about why they were put online. I don't think that there is um, a smoking gun anywhere about uh, them like purposely leaking the documents or anything like that. Uh, part of the information collection review process is a standard thing under the Paperwork Reduction Act. There's a whole section on the OMB dashboard website where you can find the information collection uh, requests. And there's a bunch of analyses on there for every rule. And I think they just sort of put all that stuff in there because that's where it's supposed to go. And sure. I, I think uh, maybe OIRA was unaware of the level of attention that this rule has surrounding it. And so when, mm -hmm. they, when they showed up online, everybody's bots and scripts that are scraping the OMB website for any sign of change found them and everybody was like, whoa, what's going on? So um, now when we talk about, you know, what's going on with the, the, the structure of the rule, the rule has a bunch of stuff that has to go into it. There's Paperwork Reduction Act analysis. There's the preamble to the rule. There's the justification ex explanation for the rule. There's regulatory flexibility analysis for the rule. There's all the cost estimates for the rule, both for the government and for the public. There's a bunch of stuff that has to happen in the steps of rulemaking. And that stuff is documented in the rule. 
And then on top of that, you have all of the CMMC documentation itself as part of the rule. Uh, and so you've got this like whole thing of the rule that's made up of many parts. So we saw, uh, let's see, uh, a little while after the rule was submitted to OIRA, meaning the documents too, we saw the documents updated on the dashboard with a separate received date, right? So essentially that caused people to say, well, is the rule going to be reviewed and published separately from the CMMC documents? Uh, we don't believe that that's going to happen because the documents are the rule. The rule is the documents. Yeah, uh, and I we've seen in the documents how they reference the rule, right? So like how yeah. I mean, you're going to give me these documents here, they're fresh and released. Um, yeah. If you need to better understand it, reference 32 CFR part, blah, 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 right? right? And then you're like, well, I can't reference that right now because it's still behind. It has to come out together. The yeah, question so, that I yeah. have is that like, is there one team that's working on all of these eight CMMC documents and another team that's just making sure that they are informed about the documents as they're going through the rule and they have to do it? Or did they go through all these eight documents and they've gotten those ready to pass on and now they're going to start on the rule? And, and I don't think that no, that's I think logical all, because the, the timeline's not there. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think the only reason why there appears to be separate dates for submission for the documents and the rule as much as you could even separate them is just a, a, the limitations of OIRA to post extra documents, right? Now, we're going to talk about this when we talk about the comment period, but I think that they're posting them individually uh, in order to facilitate public comments. That way people aren't dumping a mountain of comments all on one 200-page document. You can submit your comments on the assessment guide. You can submit your comments on uh, you know, the model document, on the hashing guide, on the rule. You can submit your documents individually across all these things uh, rather than having to submit them all together, but they will all be published and available for comment at the same time, but they will be separate links for where to submit your comment, if that makes sense. All right, so we know that the rule and all the pieces of the rule should be published at the same time, uh, but let's talk about when we think it's going to be published. So you know, our original estimate was 66 days from its submission to OIRA in late July. The, the problem is, is that 66 days was an estimate that includes how long it takes OIRA to review and how long it takes the Federal Register team to publish the rule. So we had the submission from DOD, we have the review by OIRA. Once it's done being reviewed by OIRA, it gets sent to the Federal Register team and they're the ones that publish it. Now, based off of what we've seen in the past, it can take one to two weeks for the Federal Register team to publish a rule once they receive it. So if DOD is wrapping up, if OIRA is wrapping up, I should say, this process here at the end of November and they send it over to the Federal Register team right before Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, right around that time frame, then there is still a chance that the rule could be published uh, in November. Uh, but there's also a chance that it could be like the first or second week of December. And that's strictly just because of, you know, how much capacity does the Federal Register team have at this time of year? This tends to be the busiest time of year for this sort of thing, because all of the government's, uh, uh, you know, folks are wrapping up their work before they go on the holidays. So they're jamming out a bunch of stuff to get published before they leave town. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, it could be, it could still be November. It'll, you know, it, in my mind, I would say most likely it would be the first week of December, but you know, it's anywhere in that one to three week window, strictly just to see, you know, when does the federal register team get it? When does the federal registry team uh, actually get it up onto the website? Now, 
you know, my personal preference would be for it to happen in November. Not that in the long scheme of things, like a one or two week difference makes all that big of a difference. However, however, for those paying attention, CMMC 2.0 was announced in November of 2021. And the DUD estimated that their rulemaking process could take up to 24 months. So the idea that exactly 24 months later, they would have their rule published exactly according to their estimate is a chef's kiss of, of, of all time, because it is a government agency undergoing a, a very polarizing effort, huge administrative effort. Rulemaking is extremely complicated. It takes an extremely long time. There's a bunch of stuff that has to go on. There's a bunch of stuff that's happened in the last two years, right? And they still met the deadline. I mean, it, that's assuming they do it in November. Even if they get it in the first half of December, you're talking about a, a two week. They miss their right. they miss their deadline by two weeks. When was the last time the government met a deadline like that on an effort that large? You know, and it kind of gets back to the point. Be like, you know, when CMC 2.0 was announced, a lot of people didn't believe that anything was going to happen. And sure enough, here we are two years later. And there's probably going to be a bunch of people asking themselves, you know, what did, what have we been doing for the last two years? Because once the rule is published, you know, at that point, well, we'll talk about, you know, how DOD needs to respond at that point. But we think it should still be end of November, possibly early December. But, you know, we're we're in the, the dying days of the review process and it should be published here very shortly. By the time a lot of people probably catch this episode, uh, you know, it could have been it could have been published at that point. It's, it's crazy to think that this whole time, you know, like we obviously see posts and things like that. And people are like, where, what's happening? Why is this not here yet? Why is this not here yet? And now here we are cool, calm and collected 24 months later. And they're like, uh, it's here. I don't, I don't yeah. know what you guys were panicking about, but it's here. You know, now it when makes, it gets here, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, it takes companies 12, 18 months usually to go through a full for real, you know, implementation you know, of 800-171 and, you know, a 24 month block is plenty of time to have some breathing room. And, you know, now we're going to be up against the publication of the rule. And if you use the publication of the rule as your signal to start your implementation in earnest, you have to bet, you have to hope at this point that your, your 12 to 18 month life cycle is going to be faster than DOD's review cycle of the public comments, which we can talk about here in a second. So, we, well, that's kind of what I want to jump into because we talk about this rule and we talk about, it's a huge rule, right? Looked at this rule, very huge. And, uh, basically like, and basically like, <laughs> I want to know, like, because it's so large, because there's so much impact on the rule, is that comment window going to be longer than the, the typical window or it, what, what, what's going to happen? Right? Yeah, it could be. So, you know, the typical sort of standard fare uh, is 60 day comment periods. And I feel uh, pretty confident that the rule will be published with a 60 day public comment period. But it's also very likely that the comment period will be extended uh, because of the size of the rule. A lot of people will probably ask for the comment period to be extended because of the holidays. A lot of people will probably ask for the comment period to be extended. You know, NIST preemptively has a longer comment period uh, currently going on at the time of this conversation for 171 Rev 3 because the final drafts came out and that comment period will go through the holidays. Uh, uh, an extended comment period is not unprecedented. The DFARS rule in 2016 
that revised DFAR 7012 to the version that we still have today in 2023 uh, had an, its comment period extended. Uh, you know, there's some other examples of recent rules that have had their comment periods extended. The ones that come to mind are the uh, federal information system uh, rules that we talked about, where they've got the cost estimates for 853. It's a FAR mm -hmm. rule for incident reporting, a FAR rule for uh, mm -hmm. security requirements for federal systems. Those comment periods were extended, uh, as well as the uh, request for comments on regulatory harmonization. For, and these are all separate offices from DOD. So this time of year, this size of rule, the level of attention on the rule, I could easily see the comment period being extended by 30 days. So it could be 62 to 90 days. Now, the public comment period starts as soon as the rule is published. So assuming that this rule comes out last week in November, first or second week of December, you're talking 60 to 90 days from that point. So that public comment period is going to wrap up in, you know, Q1, uh, you know, maybe early Q1 of 2024. Uh, and so, yeah, I would expect that that's going to go from end of this year into Q1. That comment period could be extended, but it's the holidays. So if people aren't really paying attention until they get back in January, you know, everyone's going to have their work cut out for them because there's a lot to read. There's a lot of stuff going on. We've all been waiting for all this time and everybody's been itching to submit their comments. So I'm sure there's going to be a bunch, I think on the 2020 uh, CMMC rule, they said they received uh, about 850 public comments, which for a DOD rule is literally off the charts. Uh, so I think we'll probably get more than that, honestly. Um, but it's, it's also around the holidays. So we probably won't, we probably won't know until towards the end of that comment period. So for two years, one of the phrases that we've heard an awful lot is DOD's intent, DOD's intent, mm -hmm. DOD's intent, right? And so now that the rule is going to be published, will it be time for us to finally hear like all these updates about what the DOD's intent was? And this was our intent to do that. And this is what we carried forward. Um, or, you know, will it, will we have people yeah. from responsible for rulemaking on every webinar from here to God's end? telling us about every detail of rulemaking or, or how yeah. does this work? Well, so it'll be a little delayed, I think, from what people expect. So I don't think we'll ever get back to the uh, the glory days circa 2019, 2020, where there were multiple DOD folks on multiple webinars seemingly every day of the week leading up to right. the publication of the rule. Uh, the way that it works, you know, the, 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 the quirkiness of rulemaking has meant that once DOD submitted the rule in July, they're not allowed to officially talk about the rule at all, because if you tip your hand about any specific information that's in the rule, then once the rule comes out, people could say they had an unfair advantage and then it causes all sorts of issues. And so OIRA's real job is to try to minimize legal, uh, you know, legal actions, uh, you know, against the procedure and process of rulemaking mm -hmm. to the greatest degree possible. Uh, so they're like completely muzzled. DOD is completely muzzled from July until the rule is published. Now, once the rule is published, they uh, are still somewhat limited in terms of what they can go out, not necessarily what they can say, but where they can say it. Uh, so there's no restriction on talking about the rule. However, if they go to an event and there is a comment period, during the comment period, they have to document all of it, right? And so they probably will only have like official press releases uh, you know, maybe an official DOD webinar, uh, but it, they're making a lot of work for themselves because you can't you can't go during the comment period and give information to one group of people and not make it part of the 
public comment process. And so, that's because if they say something out of line or, you know, possibly wrong, it can be held against them and then jeopardize like, right. All, yeah. All I mean, it's, work, it's, right? it's mostly a procedural thing, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah. As far as I understand it, you know, they're still limited during the comment period, but we will hear from them. I'm sure you're going to see a press release. I'm sure you're going to see some more information about it to say, Hey, the rule is out. But uh, given the amount of energy that's built up in the ecosystem, both for and against CMMC, I have a feeling probably nobody will even hear <laughs> their announcement because it's just going to be total pandemonium with the fact that mm -hmm. the rule is finally out, even though honestly, two years is two years is not a lot of time, everybody. I know it seemed like a lot of time, but looking back on it, you know, CMMC 2.0 got announced not all that long ago. That's only that's only two budget cycles. You know, two years in terms of IT and security upgrades, not that much time. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they'll still be limited. Now, once the comment period is over, then as far as I understand it, you know, the leash is essentially off because they're out of the official comment period. The rule is done. They've received all public comments and, you know, they can, they can do and say essentially whatever they want to regarding the rule at that point. So they can do and say what they want about the rule because there's going to be a rule and it's, it's about to be published. But I think the question that everybody that's listening wants to know is, is once it's published, when does it start showing, when, when does the results start showing up? And, you know, I yeah. have a contract obligation now for right. far 7021. Yeah. So, so it's basically an open secret at this point that the rule will be published as what is known as a proposed rule rather than an interim final rule. And mm -hmm. the only difference as we've talked about before is when the rule goes into effect. A proposed mm -hmm. rule, which is the traditional way of doing rulemaking, the normal by the book process is a agency publishes a rule. There's a public comment period. They take those public comments. They categorize them and group them together. They respond to the themes in the comments, possibly make small changes to the rule, not major changes, just small changes. Then they publish what's known as a final rule, which contains all of their responses to public comments. And then the final, final text of the regulation to be written into and codified into the code of federal regulations as an official big boy regulation, right? That's the normal way to do it. Uh, so the, the regulation doesn't go into effect until after public comments are responded to via a final rule. An interim final rule is uh, basically skipping that public comment period. The rule becomes effective essentially right when it gets published, you take public comments and then you respond to them if you want to, right? DOD has been good about responding to comments on interim final rules. Some agencies have issued final rules in the past and they've never responded to public comments and they've stayed interim final status forever. Uh, DOD wanted an interim final rule. The 2020 rule was interim final. The 2016 rule was interim final. The basis for this rule still justifies an interim final. If you ask a lot of people, I think including us as we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, but at this point, it's essentially an open secret uh, that the rule will be proposed. That is ultimately a decision by OMB and OIRA, not by mm -hmm. DOD. You know, we know that in the spring of 2022, DOD was still emphatic that they were trying to get an interim final rule. They told Congress in a hearing that they were expecting an interim final rule. Stacey Bosjanic at CS2 Huntsville in March of 2023 was still crossing her fingers that they were going to get an interim final rule. But at this point, uh, everybody somehow seems to know that it's going to be proposed. So that's what we're expecting. Uh, okay, so the rule gets published, let's say, end of November, early December, comment period goes for 60 to 90 days from that point ends in Q1. At that point, as soon as a final rule is published, responding to public comments, 
the rollout of CMMC begins. Now, we expect that this is going to be phased and structured in a certain way, uh, but essentially you're waiting on the DoD to collect all the public comments and respond to them. Historically, historically, uh, for all proposed rules that DoD has published since 2009, it has taken them somewhere between 280 to 333 business days. So just over a year, maybe a year and some change to respond to public comments. So if we use that data to sort of make our estimate, that would take us into Q1 first half of 2025 at the latest. Uh, I don't think that DOD is going to dilly-dally with the public comment response process. And I think that the public comment response process will not be as intensive as, uh, as it seems, because we know that a lot of the public comments that are going to be received on the rule aren't going to be relevant to the rule. You know, we, we talked about how 850 some odd comments were submitted on the 2020 rule. Jesse Salazar, who used to be in charge of the office uh, circa 2021, was talking to uh, Congress, uh, one of the, I think it was the Senate Armed Services Committee, and he said, yeah, we received 850 comments and about half of them were relevant because a lot of people are submitting comments on the cost of 800-171 or issues with the requirements, things that are not part of the CMMC program, which we've said many, many times here. We've said it at CS2. Stacy has said it many times herself that 800-171 is not subject to, it's not part of this rule. So if you're submitting comments on 800-171, it's not actually relevant to the substance of the rule. So if if they receive a thousand comments, but 500 of them are irrelevant, they're not really responding to a thousand comments. They're responding right. to 500, which is still significant, but you're talking, you know, what, a couple months faster. So anyways, when does it start to show up in contracts? When the final rule comes out, when does the final rule come out conservatively somewhere in Q1, Q2 of 2025. Although I have a sneaking suspicion that it could be maybe even sooner than that, but that's what the data shows. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're you, gonna go with. You're just gonna slide that in there, right? It, yeah, it might I mean, be a little just, sooner. Like, you know, like I I have a I have a feeling based off of my read externally of the situation. If you go back, which you know, one day we'll have a sequel to the history of CMMC. Not not to be a turkey or anything. Not but, to not to <laughs> I keep not to be a turkey, my, but I just I want to plug I, it there. You just keep clutching a glint in my hat, dude. I, it's a glorious. Like, look I, at my. I mane. keep catching Go, myself like, on the monitor here and seeing my hat. Yeah. I'm having a really tough time keeping it together. So <laughs> <laughs> this other screen. So, yeah, I have a feeling. So, if you go back, if you look at you know the 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 what's happened in the two years mm -hmm. since the announcement of of CMMC 2.0, DoD was was came out guns blazing in 2020 with the CMMC rule, and then. The backlash and the response to CMMC for various reasons caused everything to basically shut down in 2021. That's when Congress was looking at it. That's when GAO was looking at it. That's when DOD was looking at it internally. And we really didn't know what was going to happen with CMMC at that point. It was it was up in the air. If they were going to kill it, it would have been in 2021. And sure enough, at the end of 2021, not only did they not kill the program, they came out and said, we're going to do rulemaking to codify it at 32 CFR which I know sounds like a very obscure thing, but it was a huge signal at that point that after all of this review, after all of the backlash in 2020, after a year of going through everything, GAO, people outside DOD, they still determined they were going to do it and they were going to commit to paying the significant administrative cost of going through more rulemaking, which is not a, 
It's not a small undertaking. So if you look in the spring of 2022, DOD got up in front of Congress and they were like, we're doing interim final rule. We think it's going to be out in the, in the, in the fall. We think it's going to be in contracts in 2024. That's what we were doing our updates. This is what they told Congress. And so it was like, go, 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 go. And then they came out and they said, we think we'd go even faster than that. And everybody was like, here we go. Here it comes. And then nothing. We didn't hear anything. And it didn't, it didn't happen until the fall of 2023 that they were like, mm, we don't know if it's going to be interim final. We're hoping for interim final. Something happened, right? We don't know what it is, but something happened in the summer, fall of 2022, where something changed. I feel like with OIRA, something, I don't know. I don't know. You fast, I, I, forward, you fast forward into 2023, and then they're like, yep, it's going to be published by the end of the year, probably in contracts by... 2025-ish, something something like that. And that's the timeline that we're currently on. So after I bring all that up to say, I feel like DUD is hasn't lost their desire to, to get started. And you know, if not for the reviews and the rulemaking and all the stuff, right, they would already be almost done with the rollout of the CMC program. So I don't think that they're going to take their time with thinking about responding to comments. I think they're going to respond to those comments as fast as possible. The data says first half of 2025. Just know that's not a hard and fast rule. It, it, it could be sooner than that. You would think that with all of the you know um, EOs out there and all of the congressional hearings and things like that and all all of the regulations and requirements that are being shunned into cybersecurity and unifying cybersecurity, all the strategies that it's associated with, not to mention the fact that it's taken forever that they're eager and itching to get it done right but i think they're still like cautiously eager to the point where they're like we want to get it done quick but we don't want to get it done quick and completely fumble the ball right yeah and, I mean, and so like that's a it takes so long you know a little, yeah. little weird balance to get there is like let me be fast but let me be efficient you you right. can't you know like and this is you know this is the irony of rulemaking right is that you know the public comment process is an inherent part of the democratic process as much as it sure. can be of rulemaking um but the irony is, is that in order to have the rule be as close to what is going to happen as possible, the rule essentially has to be done by the time it's published for public comment. So sure. there isn't really a lot of wiggle room left by the time the rule is published because you've done all of this, this analysis and red tape prior to the publication window. Remember, we had uh, in June, we had an episode that said, we're expecting it to get submitted to OIRA any day. And then they took a, a detour and stopped at the Small Business Administration. And they sent the rule to SBA, which is not really on the normal sequence of events. It doesn't have to go to SBA before it goes to OIRA, but they took it over there. My view of that is they're preempting the comments about small business impact by saying the Small Business Administration already looked at this and they said, yep, go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. So they sort of like, they don't nullify the small business comments. They're still valid, but they are, they're, they're stacking the deck to make sure that when the, when the rule comes out, they've anticipated what the public comments will be. And they already know what a lot of those are going to be because they had them in 2020. So anyways, the data says Q1 first half 2025 could sneak in a little bit earlier, but you're still going to have 500 plus probably, you know, comments to get mm -hmm. through. They're not going to be small comments. So it's, it's still going to take them several months, but once the final rule comes out, that's when the rollout will start. Jacob, when the rollouts start, 
how this is just a personal question to you what do you think describes the state of the industry right when the rollout start considering now there are some people that haven't started at all right um and yeah well okay so you're saying fast forward to fast forward to when the final rule comes out and the and the rollout starts right and the and yeah. the phase rollout of the contract start and some people haven't yeah. started at all I so think, realistically oh yeah yeah i think that there's going to be um so here's the thing if you're waiting on the publication of the proposed rule here at the end of 2023 to get started on your implementation you're going to have to really go quickly and commit to that pro that process to finish before the final rule comes out as we've talked about the dynamics around the cmc ecosystem will not be kind to companies that wait because it isn't necessarily because you know of a, of a dod thing there mm -hmm. is a constraint on the number of assessors that are available but in order to be eligible and ready for an assessment you have to have your implementation complete so if you don't if you aren't ready when the final rule comes out and then c3 paos can do their assessments then you're going to be waiting to finish your implementation as the line gets backed up and backed up and backed up and backed up so it'll be absolutely it will be much longer for you to be able to get an assessment if you aren't ready right when the assessments are available and that's not because we're rushing and telling people you need to get your assessments as fast as possible for the sake of getting your assessment that's a different argument we're just saying we all know that there aren't enough assessors so if you aren't ready to get signed up for an assessment right when they're available the line will get longer and you'll still be working on your implementation the other thing that we know is that the dod does not have the ability to prevent the large prime uh, contractors yep. from asking their suppliers to go get cmmc certified as soon as possible absolutely and so the dod is planning on doing what's called a phased rollout cmc 1.0 had a phased rollout famously they were going to stick it into certain groups of contracts from 2020 until 2025. uh dod has previously said that this would be a multi-year phased rollout similar to 1.0 probably three years rather than five or seven years but we don't know we'll have to wait for the rule so DOD is going to stick the DFAR 7021 clause that says go get a CMMC cert into groups of contracts uh, over the course of multiple years. The problem is, is that that won't stop the primes from saying go get your CMMC cert now if you want to be in our supply chain, be a preferred supplier, this and that. There's That has nothing to do with whatever contract the DOD happens to you know, put CMMC into. That's a separate market dynamic that's going to push suppliers. So you're going to have assessor constraints. You're going to have prime contractors pushing people to get more uh, certifications. So if people aren't really ready to go in Q1 of 2025 ish, then uh, you're you're probably going to be uh, dealing with some some major backlog issues, which isn't the technically technically that's not the end of the world. However. You are betting that your competitors didn't get out in front of you. You're betting that your customers don't have other alternatives. Like there's just a bunch of things that you then have to hope are going to break your way, which, you know, they could, they couldn't, like we say before, business is about taking risks. But if you wait to start your implementation until the final rule is published, then you're going to be, you're going to be years behind at that point. And you just have to hope that that's going to work out. And, I don't think that it's going to work out for as many people who uh, believe it's going to work out for just because of the way the market's going to change.
we have seen an amazing amount of cases where primes have kind of nudged at this is the direction they're going to go with their supply chain, right? Hey, yeah. what do you guys got going on with 171? What are you doing with this? And so like now, if we look at the state of how things are, you, like you're looking at a rule that is on the doorstep, right? It's not like you're looking at the, the weather report in the morning and it says it might rain, so you might take an umbrella with you. You're looking out the window, there's rain coming from the sky, yeah. You need to take the umbrella. So more so what we will see is that nudging starting to happen a little bit more aggressively, right? Yeah. They're going to be like, let's sort. Yeah. CMMC is not the weather, right? It's climate yeah. change, right? And the world is warming up and and we already know what's going on, right? It was yeah. the, the signal that they were doing rulemaking in 2021 was the first one. The signal that they submitted their rule in July of 2023 was the next one. The signal that OIRA is done with their review and didn't kick it back to DOD is the next one. The publication of the rule here at the end of 2023 is the next signal. The last thing after that is just the publication of the final rule. And at that point, C3PAOs can give assessments. People can discriminate against you for not having the cert. It's going to be inserted into contracts. The phased rollout will begin and there won't be any more question. All this ticky tacky red tape. How does rulemaking work? What's going on with rulemaking? Will at that point be irrelevant because the rule will be on the books and we can we can talk about something else for once because it won't be a question of is it even happening? The last three years have just been a question of is it happening? And what we've consistently said is look at the rulemaking if you want to know if it's happening. Once the rulemaking's done, that that's it. It's over. Like it's just what are you going to do for your implementation? How soon are your customers going to demand it of you? So if you're looking at the turkey in the oven, the little white button's popping Turkey's out. Almost, <laughs> Turkey's <laughs> almost done. So time to take it out, let that it rest before we car carve it up. Done. Yeah. Now, <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> dude, <laughs> I was sitting on that one for a while, too. That was good. Hey, so if we... Um, let, let's look at things here, right? Before we get out of here, right? I, there's one more, you know, like... So now that I can't believe CMMC, that this is the second thing that we're talking about. I can't believe that this is like a footnote to the CMMC. I I, I thought you would lead with it, but before we get out here, Jacob, what other rulemaking updates could there possibly be that for us to talk about, right? Pass the gravy, yeah. everybody. Pass the gravy. This is the gravy on top because DFAR 7012, the center of gravity of all of the DFAR cybersecurity clauses. DFAR 7012 is what tells you to implement 8171. CMMC assesses 171. So without 7012, there is no CMMC. Without 7012, there is no 8171. Without 7012, there is no saga of DOD cybersecurity regulation. Mm -hmm. And like we said before, this is the 10 year anniversary of DFAR 7012 being a thing. And what does DOD announce? They don't really announce it. It just sort of pops up on one of these reports that come out every week. They're going to do DFAR 7012 rulemaking. They're going to revise the DFAR 7012 clause. So this is a, you know, I guess we're not going to get away from talking about rulemaking as soon as we thought, right? This is going to just sort of be a constant process. But I, I'm sure you're so disappointed. <laughs> oh, boy. It's just, yeah. The, <laughs> what are you going to uh, do with yourself? Uh, like? Yeah. Oh, boy. Long story short, DFAR 7012 came out in 2013, you know, via rulemaking. It was revised in 2016. That's the form that we still know today, right? Federate moderate equivalency, points to 800 Deadline for implementation is December of 2017, blah, 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 right? That's the version that we have it now today at the end of 2023. 
DOD says that they are going to revise the 7012 clause to do a couple things. We don't know the details, we just know the high level synopsis. So they, they said that they opened DFARS case 2023 D024. So for those of you playing along at home, eventually you'll be able to Google that and it will pop up. It's not out there yet because there is technically no rule. And the synopsis says they are going to revise the clause DFAR 7012 uh, to um, you know, amend it and update it. And there's basically three big things they're doing. The first is they're incorporating references to NIST SP 800-172 requirements. So if you think about the way DFAR 7012 exists today, it incorporates 800-171 by reference. It says implement adequate security, adequate security in non-federal systems, includes applying the requirements inside 800-171. Uh, but there is no part of DFAR 712 that points to 800-172, yet the CMMC program requires some contractors to get assessed against 800-172. So they're connecting the dots here. Uh, they're reinforcing the fact that 172 is a thing, that CMMC is assessing 800-172. When, when DFAR 7012 came out in 2016, there was no 800-172. So uh, time to update it and point it to 172, just like they do for 171. Pretty straightforward. Uh, let's see. The next thing that they're going to do with this amendment is they're going to, what they say, harmonize certain terminology. That's what they say, quote, harmonize certain terminology. They don't say what that, they don't say what harmonize means. They don't say what the terminology is, but we have some guesses. I think that this is one of two things or possibly both. Uh, they're going to get rid of the term covered defense information, CDI. I have heard through talking with people at DOD over the years that it's, generally looked down upon that they have the term covered defense information as distinct from CUI. If you look in the CUI registry from NARA, CDI, covered defense information, is not a thing. It's just a thing that DOD made up. It's a thing that they put into DVAR 7012. Remember, at the time that they were doing rulemaking, circa 2015-2016, the NARA CUI program was still coming together, right? The, the mm -hmm. CUI registry was still coming together. It was still in flux. So they had to pick a term. That's what they picked. Uh, but generally, from my understanding, is people inside the Pentagon don't like the fact that they picked a different term. So I feel like they're going to get rid of CDI and just and just stick it straight to CTI, covered, mm -hmm. you know, controlled technical information, CUI, controlled unclassified information, the standard vocabulary of the NARA CUI program. So that's what I think they mean by harmonize certain terminology. However, one other thing they could harmonize, could really use some harmonization, DOD, if you're listening, is FedRAMP moderate equivalency. So everyone is expecting that FedRAMP moderate equivalency will be clarified in the CMMC rule. But now that we see that they're going to revise DFAR 7012, I'm not sure that we will see it in the CMMC rule because FedRAMP moderate equivalency is in 7012. So why would the CMMC rule clarify something that's in that 7012? It's a solid rule? point. So yep. I think that maybe we're going to see something in the CMMC rule saying, talking around FedRAMP moderate equivalency, but it'll actually be harmonized and clarified in this 7012 update. We don't know, that's pure speculation, but harmonize certain terminology is a very broad bucket and they certainly need to clarify and harmonize what the heck equivalency means. Harmonize is a, uh, a hot button word or a, a, hot, a hot word in the government sector. Harmonize, the past, yep, 18 yep. months. Yeah. They're all about yeah. all of government, harmonize. 
uh, yeah, that's it's it's one of their favorite ones. So harmonizing sermon terminology, I'm all about it because then we don't have to ha explain what you know people poor people don't have to Google you know what's going on with 7012 and CMMC and there's CDI and CUI and equivalency and this and that and this and that. The more that they can normalize, harmonize, whatever, get those get that vocabulary as small and as consistent as possible, it'll be better for everybody. Okay. The third thing that they talk about uh, here is addressing international agreements. I think that will probably perk up uh, some some people's eyebrows uh, and make them sit forward because everybody's waiting to see what is going to happen with the CMMC rule for international situations. Uh, but the requirements that CMMC is assessing stem from DFAR 7012. So maybe the 7012 rule is where they will actually explain what's going on with international agreements rather than the CMMC rule. So uh, that's very, very interesting. Uh, and then the last thing that they have on here, it's, a, it's sort of a fourth item, but we don't, we don't really know what it means. Streamline the vendor identification process. I don't know what they're talking about there. I don't know what part of DFAR 7012 currently exists that would be considered, or would be somebody would look at that and say that's vendor identification. Maybe that's the FedRAMP equivalency part. So I'm, not, well, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, that's what FedRAMP Marketplace is for, is to identify vendors that have met the, the standard. So something to do with yeah. streamlining. If they're making it faster, I'm all for it. Yeah, but there's a, I mean, there's a lot going on here in this in this brief synopsis. They're pointing to 172. They're harmonizing terminology, CDI, covered defense information, equivalency stuff, uh, addressing international agreements. That's huge. And then streamlining vendor identification. Not sure what that is, but sounds significant. So this will all be happening when they publish their rule. I assume that that will happen probably in the first half of 2024, because this is a revision to an existing clause that has a long standing history of revisions. There's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're not creating a net new program like they are with CMMC. They're not creating a bunch of stuff from scratch like they are with CMMC. So I expect that this rule will come out pretty quick. And I expect that the rulemaking process for this one will happen uh, pretty quick. And sure enough, that probably lines up directly with what's going on with CMMC rulemaking as DOD publishes and then adjudicates comments through 2024. What do you know? 7012, CMMC, turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce. It all goes together, right? It all goes together. But big things happening in the world of rulemaking uh, right here at the end of the year, just like DOD said it would. <laughs> yeah. When has DOD ever not met one of the things that they said they were going to do? I mean, this is, uh, you know, how could anybody, how could anybody doubt a, a DOD timeline estimate? But here we are two years later and it's really happening. I mean, nine documents that surround the CMMC program and the DFAR 712 rulemaking update is plenty under the tree for me to be satisfied for There's CMMC a lot. Christmas. It's going to be a lot of reading. It's going to be a lot of reading. The comment period, even if they extend it to 90 days, is not going to be a lot of time because a lot of that time is going to be part of the holidays. Uh, you know. It's going to be a lot to ingest. It's going to be a lot to comment on. A lot but, of pages in this rule. I looked at the rule, said, wow, that's a lot of pages. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Uh, you know, pack up your leftovers after Thanksgiving. Pack a lunch because uh, everybody's <laughs> going to be sitting in front of their computer reading reading 200 pages of CMMC stuff uh, for Christmas, it looks like. But that's what we know. CMMC rulemaking uh, is almost complete. DFAR 712 rulemaking is kicking off. Uh Happy holidays, everybody. Save the giblets. <laughs> we should just end on that. <laughs> <laughs>